listening to Finalysis, a sci-fi and fantasy TV show podcast. In this episode, we are discussing episodes 210 through 213 of Supergirl. I'm your host, Chris. And my name is Stephanie. And as you might expect, there will be some mild spoilers for those Supergirl episodes. Again, that's episode 210 through 213. So we're going to structure this episode a little bit differently, just because we decided that might actually uh, streamline the process, if you will. So we're going yes. to talk about things we liked, what what worked for us, and then uh, follow it with things we didn't like so much, things that we that we thought didn't work. And then we also have, regrettably, quite a few bits of feedback people sent us that we didn't realize were sitting in an inbox somewhere until recently. So we're going to get to those, the oldest ones from November. We're really sorry. <laughs> they didn't get pushed to us like they were supposed to. We're so sorry. We're so sorry. We didn't know they were there. We would have happily read them earlier if we'd known. <laughs> but let's get started and talk about what worked for us. How about you, Chris? Why don't you start us off? Shall we talk about how McGann finally showed back up? <laughs> finally! I was so happy to see her. And for her to be, you know, freed. <laughs> I know! It seemed like Jean was was forgiving of her. It seemed like, I thought. But maybe mm -hmm. I was wrong. And then uh, we finally got got that scene that I just... I have a lot of feelings about it, Stephanie. Which scene are you talking about? Just kind of everything with Jean and Magan. I just, I, the feelings. They're the last well, of their I, kind on Earth. <laughs> I, I thought it was really great to see Jean kind of struggle with his conflicted feelings with Magan when she was in the coma and he was trying to decide what to do to help her if he was willing to, what is it called? It's the bond? The Martian? I think it's, it's the bond because they were talking okay. about taking the bond or something, weren't they? Yeah, yeah I think I'm you're misremembering. right. In my head, I just always call it the Martian mind meld, even though I know, I know that's not right, but I like alliteration, apparently. But <laughs> Who doesn't? But I thought it was really great to see him struggle with deciding to do that, because I think we can understand why he's reluctant and why he feels the way that he does, even though I think we're also rooting for him to see the best in Magan and see that she's not who he's assuming that she is. But I thought that was a really great, played really well in that episode. Right. And we get the wonderful scene where he decides he's going to do it and really just needs the Danvers sisters there as moral support. Which I got Terry. Me, wow. But it gives me a lot of feelings also, which is not surprising to anyone probably, but echoes of season one. There's a specific scene, which I won't spoil for you, but you've probably seen in gift sets on Tumblr. Uh, it's great. And I have a lot of feelings about it because space family... I, I have really enjoyed the moments that Kara and Alex have had with Jean in season two. They are some of my favorites. It's the best. I don't know why there isn't more. And then continuing with storylines centered around Magan, I really enjoyed the kind of bottle storyline of the, the, the Martian Chronicles episode, mm -hmm. where everybody's stuck in the DEO and there's white Martians disguised as people. And oh, no, I, I love a good bottle episode. And, and I, I thought that was very satisfying. I also enjoy bottle episodes. I was surprised it wasn't more of the episode. Me too. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with it. But yeah. All, all the suspense. I enjoy the suspense. And I felt like a, a dummy, but I really did not see the Alex reveal coming until seconds before it was revealed. You know, when she when they got the phone call from Sean, I was like, oh, shoot. Uh, but I really didn't see it coming before then. 
I kind of wondered, but yeah, it, it wasn't something that they telegraphed really until that. Oh, good job. That scene, yeah. It is a little confusing as to when the White Martians made the switch and t- and became Alex and Wynn. Right. Well, because obviously one of them walks in as Magan. So, okay, there's one of them, but then with the reveal that there's another one, it's like, okay, which one of them was it in that scene? Because it almost had to be one of them. Because mm-hmm. the lights were not out for that long. They were not. They were not. My guess is that, because I believe that sequence starts with Alex meeting Kara on her way into the DEO, at least like command center area. So my suspicion is that that was the other white Martian. Like she entered or they entered, I don't know the gender of the white Martian, (laughs) as Alex into that whole sequence. And then the other one was disguised as Magan. And then they tied up Wynn and the one who was Magan became Wynn. That's my guess. Okay. I mean, it's not super important, but... No, but I've been thinking about it. <laughs> I'm, I can tell. It, it, it was a very short amount of time that the lights were out, so I'm still a little confused how they managed to switch places with Wynn. But so I, I think I have to believe that that Alex who came into the the situation room was was not the real Alex. But I could be wrong. It doesn't really matter. But I've been thinking about it. Okay. And then in the episode before the Martian Chronicles, we had the return of Livewire. Who is kind of Were a, you as excited to see her again as I was? I was pretty excited. Apparently not. I mean, not that I wasn't excited to see her, but you seem more excited to see her. I think maybe you've well, seen her more recently than I have, though. So it's the the first probably. appearance of her is fresher in your mind. I thought that her episode in season one was a good one. And I liked how she was so much of a weak spot for Kara because it was Kara's, not really her fault, but she was instrumental in turning Livewire into what she was. So I I like that that villain was kind of a weak spot for Kara. And I really liked how she was used in the second season episode where Kara had to like confront her assumptions about Livewire and ultimately shows her compassion and lets her go, even though, you know, it's maybe a questionable decision. I think it's a very Kara decision to make. Right. Because that's something that also was really highlighted in season one. And is a little bit this season, but maybe not to the extent that it was in season one, that, yeah, Kara is deeply compassionate. And that's sort of the source of her superhero, super superheroism. That just sounds awkward, but you know what I'm saying. I got it. <laughs> Thank you. So so I enjoyed that turn of events also. Kara's just kind of like, I'll just, you know, I'll just catch her later if she does something after this. <laughs> <laughs> also, I have to mention in that same episode, I don't know if you knew this, the other live wire FI'd inmate that was freed at the beginning of the episode. Right. That is is Jesse Graff, who I don't know if she still is, but was at least uh Supergirl's stunt double. Oh, okay. Well good for her. That makes me happy when stunt people get to actually have lines and stuff. <laughs> and to show their face. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, look, she kind of looks a little bit like Melissa Benoist. Hmm. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> but uh, she was she was somewhat famously on American Ninja Warrior over the hiatus. Oh, oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, she had like the, the Wonder Woman-esque skirt. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. She was awesome on there. 
Oh, I also wanted to mention in regards to Live Wire. This is probably just because I'm a little mean spirited deep down, but it was satisfying to hear her mock James and Wen because <laughs> she she had a line something to the effect of like, "You guys thought that you could come and deal with the situation. Why didn't you wait for the superhero?" <laughs> and I was just kind of thinking, "Thank you, thank she you." She has a good point. She's awful, but she has a point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of awful. Uh-oh. We got the Luthers. <laughs> oh, not that not that the Luthers are awful, but Lillian Luther definitely awful. Awful. But like in a great way. <laughs> yes, she makes a great villain and I really love the conflict between her and Lena. I think it's really interesting. It makes me think of the first season and the major conflict there which was between Kara and Astra because there's that similar like your family and therefore I love you and can't let this go because there's you know there's history there there are these conflicted feelings but also you're awful in doing something terrible I'm like hmm and i i really think that katie mcgrath and the actress who plays lillian whose name i'm blanking on brenda strong thank you i was gonna say brooks shields I'm like <laughs> that's not right <laughs> right initials Same initials also similarly tall <laughs> completely different person (laughs) i think that katie mcgrath and brenda strong have a really strong if you will chemistry together (laughs) i think they have it's almost like you can see lillian's little manipulative tentacles extending toward lena in these scenes it's just oh and i felt so bad for lena (laughs) i had so many feelings in the luther's episode yeah yeah me too why why would no one believe poor lena (sighs) but Kara did Slash Supergirl, and that's what matters. It's true. They're friends. They're great friends. One might say they're true friends. One might say they're true friends. (laughs) But yes, Katie McGrath, always happy to see her back because she, she has a good face. And I, I mean, I not think just that, that she, she has a good face. It's an expressive <laughs> face. And I, I respect you for more than your looks, Katie McGrath. <laughs> I also think that Lena makes a really interesting foil isn't quite the right word, but she and Kara have some interesting similarities that are explored at times. Like you were mentioning the similar feelings between Kara and Astra and Lena and, and Lillian. So I, I think that she can be an interesting person to pair up with with Kara for sure. Right. What is I'm a- downplaying my like, oh my god, I ship it so hard, guys, but <laughs> you guys know it already. <sighs> There's just such good and interesting chemistry there. Can we talk about the couch scene? Can who takes a donut like that? I mean, I mean that's not the just- couch scene, but yeah. <laughs> I know, but same episode and oh my gosh, it, it I know it's just Kate McGrath's face or something, but it's so flirty. So flirty. It's not just her face, though, because the body language. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody takes a donut like that. Nobody. (sighs) Never stop doing what you're doing, Katie McGrath. (laughs) (laughs) But the flirting is like, even in the writing, she's filling her office with flowers. Like, come on. Come on. (sighs) Imagine me gesturing emphatically, because I am. (laughs) Why are their faces not on each other's faces? Uh, I know it's a pipe dream and it's not going to happen, but it's just its just so hard for me not to hope that it does. Because the chemistry, the flirting. Uh. 
<laughs> I know, I know. But we will get to this some more in the next segment, <laughs> I'm sure. But speaking of flirting that actually does go somewhere, I thought we got some nice Alex and Maggie stuff, even though they have had much less screen time of late than they did in the first part of the season before the hiatus and the whole coming out story. I, I, I really liked the Valentine's Day storyline in episode 213 i that's the only thing i watched in that episode i'm gonna say that up front but (laughs) but i did enjoy it (laughs) the episode title by the way is mr and mrs mixes piddalic yeah mr and mrs mixalot got it yeah that's wrong (laughs) mr and mrs shake and bake no (laughs) you're just you're just getting further away from it mr and mrs mixmaxter got it (laughs) sigh anyway (laughs) They were. I just realized the mix master is like a very Dallas joke that probably a lot of people won't get. That's the name of a highway exchange here. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I wasn't going to comment on it, uh, <laughs> but yeah, in in that episode, I do think their scenes were the strongest part of the episode, uh, which we will also get to in our next segment. I like that finally Maggie was the one screwing up because it felt like it had been Alex screwing up prior to this. I know. I was like, hey, Maggie's not perfect. Finally. Yes, finally. Because <laughs> Maggie's been pretty perfect so far. Yeah. And not that I'm not that I'm against that. I, I believe that Alex deserves somebody as good and supportive as Maggie has been. But it was sort of nice to have the tables turned on that a little bit. Because it makes sense. It that that whole conflict in that episode made sense to me. And I liked that Alex was repeating what Maggie had been saying to her, like, no, we're not going to not talk about things. We have to talk about our feelings. And they talked about it. And, you know, it led to them resolving the conflict. Hey, an adult relationship. What, what? do you know? On TV? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused. Yeah, you'd mentioned that you'd heard a comment from somebody watching that they were upset with Maggie for having lied to Alex about her coming out experience, which I don't entirely understand. I I think Maggie was trying to be supportive, so she wasn't completely honest. I mean, she did tell her eventually, but, you know. Yeah, and because it's a lie coming from a good place, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm Well, it is important to tell the truth. Right. I I, I do think that, you know. And she she, did eventually when it became relevant. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Because, like... Maybe not mentioning the maybe not mentioning that at first, especially since it's clearly such a personal and hurtful thing Painful? for Maggie. Yeah, like I I get it. I got it, Maggie. <laughs> also, I, I I love the fact that Ma- Maggie's favorite dessert is a uh, tiramisu. <sighs> I know it's a family fa- friendly show most of the time, and maybe they're not going for the subtext I, but, there. But the one that. Alex had gotten for her and wrapped Covered in a ribbon. Lady fingers. It was Covered encrusted. In lady. Encrusted with lady fingers. That's all I'm gonna say. It felt like a little nod to <laughs> Oh yeah, we know. the relationship that they're kind of building between Kara and Maggie. Me too. There were some really cute scenes between the three of them in episode 210. I'm blanking on the name of that episode, but the Livewire episode. I want to say it's We Can Be Heroes. Is it? I thought that was 209. Anyhow, the Livewire episode, that one. There's some really cute scenes with the three of them, like when at the beginning where Kara's trying to like 
muscle her way into the cell where Livewire escaped from. (laughs) (laughs) Freedom of the press, buddy. But there were some really cute ones with the three of them in that episode. And then I liked that Kara kind of pushed Maggie in the right direction in making things right with Alex in the the Valentine's Day storyline. I'm so glad we got a scene of just the two of them. I feel like they should Mm -hmm. maybe have... Have a couple more of those. I just want more of Maggie hanging out in the DEO. I don't know. I just, I liked to see her there. She just kind of was like casually there and hanging out. It just, it feels like they're integrating her pretty well into the group. She still needs some more one-on-one scenes with the other characters, but I I was glad to see that they had brought her to the DEO. And you notice that it seems like they'll let her in whether or not she's with the Danvers sisters, because she she came in looking for Alex and found Kara. So... It's like, do, does she have a similar arrangement with the DEO guards that that Kara has with Jess? Hmm. Jess is Lena's secretary, in case you didn't know. <laughs> or forgot. <laughs> I'm just saying. Parallels. <laughs> <laughs> I can't not see them, Stephanie. They're right there. <laughs> I know. I, I understand. I understand. So what, what have you thought of the Kara and Alex story lines in the past few episodes? Um, I guess Martian Chronicles is the one that actually, you know, had one. <laughs> so I'm I'm happy about that one, actually, because there was a little bit of a, a falling out, poor Kara feeling not exactly abandoned, but a little bit, you know, feeling mm-hmm. left out, perhaps, because it was I mean, that was a significant moment for Kara. And it felt weird to me, weird and out of character that Alex would ditch her for that yeah i thought that was weird because like it's her earth birthday and it's the 13th one she was 13 when she got there as of this birthday or or you know during this year this means that she'll have been on earth for as long as she was on krypton i have feelings about it stephanie (laughs) (laughs) i agree it seemed weird to me that alex was I mean, she obviously felt uh, guilty about it, but it it seemed weird to me that she even wanted to entertain the notion to skip out on it completely and not be like, hey, I'm, you know, Maggie wanted to do something this evening because it, it's a concert. Because I get it. It was an event she couldn't reschedule. The concert right. was going to happen regardless. Uh, but it feels like maybe she should have been like, I'm going to do, let's do your Earth birthday celebration. Can we do that first before I go? I don't know. It just, it did feel out of character, though, that she was asking to basically ditch her on her Earth birthday. I did see some speculation online, and I think this makes sense. because. Kara even says at the end of that episode that she had planned all that stuff just like the day before. Like, it didn't sound like this was their usual for Kara's Earth birthday. So maybe Alex didn't know that this was what she wanted to do. That's fair. I'm like, okay, I can kind of see that now that maybe she would make the plans with Maggie expecting to hang out with Kara for, you know, cupcakes or whatever at some Mm -hmm. point during that day until finding out that Kara had all that stuff planned. But at the same time, I'm just kind of like, it still doesn't quite feel right to me. Yeah, it feels like she should have asked Kara first before, or not should have, but it feels like Alex would have asked Kara first when Maggie brought up the whole concert thing. Yeah. And at the same time, I get it because Alex tends to overcompensate a little. So I can get how she might be a little too all in with Maggie's plans. But it just it just feels really weird, given how utterly devoted Alex has been for the past 13 years 
to Kara. It just feels weird. So I can't really blame Kara for feeling a little bit like she was being replaced. But I was so happy that the kind of heart-to-heart conversation that they had, well, it wasn't them, you know, between Kara and the White Martian pretending to be Alex. I was so glad that that moment didn't just get erased because I I worried when they revealed that wasn't Alex that then it would become – and then Kara doesn't actually tell Alex how she feels. So I was I was really happy that that didn't happen and there was some resolution Same between here, the two yeah. of them. Same here. Yeah. Because it feels like that sort of thing happens too often on TV mm-hmm. where they do it to prolong the drama. But that was also something that this show, to me, has always done really well is the people who are important to each other, they talk to each other. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> they get stuff out in the open. It's It's nice. They might procrastinate a little, but they get there. (laughs) Exactly. So uh, I think the last thing we wanted to mention for things that worked for us in the episode, Mr. and Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Mrs. Pitalik, Wynne Wynne gets a new girlfriend in that episode, which I'm guessing you don't know anything about. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Uh, She's an alien. She's a blonde alien who kicks a lot of bum. And I'm like, that is exactly Wynn's type. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> She's a little a little aggressive, which one of our friends was kind of like, I don't know, she's so aggressive. And I'm like, I think Wynn maybe kind of likes that too. It seems like he does. That's all I'm saying. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see where that goes. I'm kind of looking forward to it. To bridge us between the things that didn't work, excuse me, between the things that worked for us and the things that did not, I want to mention James here because he's not been around much in the past few weeks. And I feel a little not certain about how he has been used. I Mm -hmm. I liked that he and Kara had a conversation about the fact that he just doesn't think Monel is a good guy and points out the fact that he's selfish and, you know, he just can't root for him the way that Kara seems to want to. And, you know, I kind of liked the resolution where they decide, you know, we need to maybe just stop trying to protect each other all the time and just be friends. Like, I I kind of liked those moments with him. Uh, But there's also these other moments within his storyline that just make me smack my forehead and I just don't understand. Yeah, that scene, as much as I love it, because I do. Which one? That scene where he's talking to Kara and they decide to just be friends again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, show you've talked the talk, now walk the walk, because they're not. <laughs> he wasn't even in this last episode following that resolution to that conflict, or seeming resolution. We don't know if it's actually a resolution, because he hasn't had any scenes since then. Yeah. And I'm mad about it. I really just don't understand what they're doing with with James this season. And and that maybe goes into something that isn't working for us. It feels like the characterization has been really off this season. It feels that way to me, too. Because I, I mentioned this before, Kara's compassion has always been her greatest strength. And we're seeing it some, but I feel like I feel like it's still kind of missing in comparison to how it was portrayed in season one, at times anyway. They use it when it's convenient to whatever story they're telling, but I don't know. I just like the whole story with Monel, the way it started out with the oh, he's from Daxum, and she was immediately prejudiced. I mean, that's an okay story to tell, but it doesn't fit for me 
with the way Kara was characterized last season. You know what I mean? That's fair. <sighs> it makes me sad. And there were several moments with James where, like in the, the Livewire episode, when he's finally told Kara, like, I'm Guardian, and she's upset with him, you know, when they find out that Livewire is over here, I don't remember exactly what was going on, but his his response was to call Wynn and say, let's show Kara what we can do. Like that, what? Huh? It is vindictive in a way yeah. that I don't think we've ever seen James be. Well, and it, it's like they've worked together before. Guardian has show, shown up and, you know, fought alongside Supergirl before, so it's not like she hasn't seen what he can do. It just felt very contrived to me. Mm-hmm. And and also this whole thing where everybody is so sure that Lena's guilty. Yeah. And that weird scene where he where James has gone to the prison and Metallo comes to break out Lena and he's like, I knew if Lena was bad, you'd show up eventually. Why is that the conclusion you came to, James? He could be coming to kill her. Like, there's there's many reasons why Metallo might come. And it doesn't necessarily mean that Lena's a bad person. And even if he was there to rescue her, who says that was her idea? Because right. He's working for Lillian, clearly. Exactly. Like, the one (laughs) other one who is suspected of guilt here is Lillian Luther, who is, you know, like, she might need something from her, which is what happened. (laughs) I mean... And my thing was, they were all standing around in the DEO just telling Kara, like, the video doesn't lie. Clearly, Lena is bad. I'm like, y'all are standing next to a shapeshifter. Things aren't always the way they appear. (laughs) It just... I, I was really pulling my hair out when it came to... Everybody telling Kara, like, you're wrong, Lena's bad in that episode. It felt very... Contrived? It, contrived. It just, it just felt Dumb. like it was... <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> I just... Because, like, they're standing next to a guy who is a shapeshifter who has taken the appearance of the guy who is the henchman for the person they're talking about. <laughs> what is wrong with all of you? And that, in particular, it, it seemed to be part of another thing that at least was prevalent in a couple episodes in, in this little section of the season, where they're, it feels like they're isolating Kara for some reason, and I don't understand that at all. I don't either. I The only thing I was able to come up with, and I apologize, people who ship this, but it's like, are they trying to drive her towards mon That's what it felt like, and that's why it feels so contrived. Yeah, that's <laughs> all I've got, because... Part of it, too. Our coworker and friend Neuralis was so happy when Kara and Monel got together, and I couldn't stop myself. I said, Why? <laughs> did you? I did. <laughs> you didn't tell me that. <laughs> I think so. I'm like, I'm like, seriously, Neuralis, explain this to me because I just don't understand. And she's like, Kara's been so lonely. And I'm like, I know, but, but why that guy? <laughs> I don't know that she really had an answer to it other than he's pretty. Well, because here's the thing, especially in the, I think it was both the Martian Chronicles episode and then Luther's. In Martian Chronicles, I believe it was that Alex was going to go spend time with Maggie and Wynn was going to go help James. And even though like Jean could have done something with her, they didn't really say what Jean was up to. I think he was up to something. But anyway, but you know, they have- Brooding probably? (laughs) 
I think he was with Bagan. <laughs> but, um, you know, they have Kara left by herself, and then she has some sort of scene with Manel Leiter. And then in Luther's, you know, nobody believed her about about Lena. But then here comes Monel and is like, oh, you know, you, you believe in a lot of people that people don't believe. It just, it feels like it is has been used to push her toward Monel and I but I just don't really buy her the people around her treating her that way and if she's going to feel like I get it Alex wants to be with her new girlfriend Wynn can have his own stuff that's fine but I'm just saying there's a very lonely other person (laughs) (laughs) who only has one friend in National City you mean (laughs) only has one friend one true friend in National City and you know why can't Kara spend time with Lena? I'm just that's I'm just putting that out there. Putting it out there. Somebody who filled her office with flowers and asked for nothing in return? E- exactly. That person? Yes, a true friend. They've never had she's never had a friend like Kara before. <clears throat> just saying. <laughs> As I sigh for what will probably never be. <laughs> I know it'll never be. Honestly, I just want them to spend more time together and I'll be happy. <laughs> I, I am honestly happy if they just remain like actual friends. Yeah. That would be really good for me. Me too. But it's just, it's hard for me not to ship them again because the over the top flirting. It's there. I'm sorry. It's there. <laughs> the flirting, the chemistry. I know. It's I there. know. You don't have to. You're preaching to the choir. I know. Shall we know. talk about Lena and that weird scene at the end of Luther's? Yes. I am concerned. By that scene where she's holding the chess piece and there's the ominous music playing. I mean, we're meant to be. But yeah, I I actually had to talk that out with a couple of people. (laughs) (laughs) That scene. Because clearly they're making her look guilty of -hmm. something. Who knows what? Or that she's going to become evil. Right. I mean, she's she's playing the long game is what they're, Mm -hmm. they're signaling to us with that scene. But... It's so ambiguous that I remain hopeful that she's not going to be evil. Well, here was my hope for the scene. Because even even though the music started and I immediately frowned and was like, what the heck? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was immediately angry. But afterward, I was trying to think about, you know, maybe it's it's intentionally trying to be a little misleading. But really what that scene is just about is her contemplating the fact that she is biologically a Luther and what does that mean? And maybe that's all they were kind of going for with a dash of, hey, let's make the viewers uncertain. So there is let's, that possibility. Let's throw a red herring out there. Yeah. So there yeah. is definitely that possibility. But I, I think there could be other possibilities as well, because you'd mentioned the significance of the fact that she's holding a chess piece during that scene. And the specific chess piece is the White Knight. Think about the archetype of the White Knight. <laughs> So that I, I guess there's ongoing fan discussion, like, okay, is is Kara the White Knight? Is Lena the White Knight? Who knows? And in regards to like the DC universe, there is an organization called Checkmate. Yes, yes, there is, which apparently is another bit of fan speculation going around that maybe that's where this storyline is going. Apparently, Checkmate is some sort of organization designed to sort of like keep things in balance. Right. So, you know, neither neither good nor evil. I've encountered Checkmate a little bit in reading comics and in what I've read, they've assisted heroes, essentially, like the heroic characters, but they don't seem to be necessarily a heroic organization, but they're not an evil organization either. So I'd be okay with that too. Like if that's where they're going with Lena, that's fine. 
Mm-hmm. But I don't want her to be evil. That just feels so obvious. And I know. And it'd be, I'd be disappointed. Me too. Especially given, you know, the themes of the show. It's all about Kara and her message of hope. Right. Which they hit really hard at the end of season one. I'm like, where is it? <laughs> I want it back. <laughs> so yeah, it would feel really disingenuous uh, to the spirit of the show if it turned out she was evil. Just because Kara's been believing in her so much. I don't want Kara to lose. I don't want this to be the other DC shows. <laughs> And I don't want them to make Kara seem like a fool for believing in Lena when obviously she was right. going to turn evil all along. Yeah, that's. I guess that's what I'm saying, too, is Kara's message is of hope and that hope will save the world. And I don't want that to be superseded by this whole having hope and believing in people is pointless. I don't want that to be the message. That's not the point of this show. That's not why I like it. I have a lot of feelings about this, Stephanie. I know. I know. Another kind of final moment of an episode that I I found disappointing is when they revealed that they were sending Magan away, that she was leaving Earth to go back to Mars. Like, why? Why? She she even admits she's probably going to die. Why? I'm hoping they're going to bring her back. (laughs) Me too. I would be very disappointed if that's the last we see of Magan. I really liked her. There is still the dangling thread of other aliens coming to Earth, maybe for... For Monel, mm-hmm. so maybe if she's over on Mars, she'll be like, "Hey, she'll she'll show back up and be like, you know, watch out, incoming or something, <laughs> and help join in their fight against whoever." I mean, I don't know what's happening clearly, right, with this storyline. Assuming it's still a plot point that they're going to get back to, but that's always an option, is what I'm getting at. Maybe there will be some other alien involved storyline, and they'll bring Magan back for that. I'm hoping. Don't leave us, Sharon Leo. <laughs> so as I mentioned, I did not watch the entirety of episode 213. I was uh, discouraged by what they were hinting at th- at the end of episode 212. And then once I was hearing from Chris how angry she was at episode 213, <laughs> I decided to just nope right out of that one. <laughs> um, I kind of cringed through a lot of that episode. I mean, I, I should clarify, a lot of people really liked it thought it was fun and entertaining. My dad was laughing through much of the episode. And I understand why. But at the same time, as I was watching it, I'm just like, this is so gross. Because Mr. Mixes Pitalik, his whole deal is that he's a magical imp who can basically make almost anything happen. The premise of the episode, though, is that he has been watching Kara and decided that he loves her and is determined to make her his wife. That's creepy. Thank you. The whole thing's gross, and he's basically an over-the-top stalker the entire episode. And that's gross on its own. Mm-hmm. But then, Monel, in response to this, gets weirdly jealous and is determined to kill Mr. Mixes Pitalik. And I'm like, none of this is an attractive quality. I, I still don't understand what we're supposed to get out of this entire storyline, because... He gets gross. Kara calls him out on it. They have a yelling fight with each other in the middle of the DEO, Kara and Monel. And then by the end of the episode, they're making out on a couch. So he gets rewarded for his bad behavior. 
Yeah, he does. He does go and apologize, but even the apology is kind of gross to me. Because <laughs> uh, oh, is this when he tells her you're my kryptonite? Yes. Ugh. And he does go on to clarify and sort of walks it back a little bit. But I'm like, no, no, sir, this is gross. Because every relationship, every other relationship that Kara has with anybody on this show, they're always talking about how good she is and how basically they make each other better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Virtually every other person she has a relationship with a relationship with of any kind on this show. That is the interaction. That's the dynamic. And then there's this guy. And I don't understand. They are clearly bad for each other, which is clearly demonstrated in this episode. I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't either. I was very upset with Alex when she encouraged Kara to give him a chance. Like, why? What has he done to demonstrate he deserves a chance? I I don't understand. I don't understand the Monal stuff. And and it's like, I knew it was coming, but at the same time, well, I shouldn't say that. I suspected getting them together was coming, but I kept hoping it wouldn't happen because Kara just seemed to be filled with dread. Whenever she they- never, ever looked happy about it, right? No, That was the thing I keep did. coming back to. He finally confesses that he likes her, but by that point, I mean, I feel like it might have gone over a little differently if... He'd said that when she asked him. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like she might have been kind of okay with it at that point. But then he actually confesses his feelings and she looks like she ate something that is disagreeing with her. Yes, she she, she looks like her, her response to me looks like her face is saying like, that is the last thing I wanted to hear you say. Like, she just she looks seems- very troubled. Yes. And and I'm like, okay, if somebody that you like tells you that they like you, if you don't look super happy about that, like something is wrong. I just don't understand. I, I feel I'm getting very mixed messages about their relationship. And I feel very Me too. frustrated about the whole thing. And just like as a pet peeve, I'm really sick of these like a moral mediocre white men being portrayed as desirable romantic options. Like I, I'm just yep. sick of it. Yeah, that was actually something I was going to say when you're talking about Alex and why on earth would Alex encourage her to go talk to him? At first I was just like, Alex would never do this. This makes no sense to me. And then I was like, wait, Alex kind of maybe had an almost thing with Maxwell Lord in season one. So clearly Alex has bad judgment on this front, at least with regards to dudes. To <laughs> Good job with Maggie. She's a keeper. But Maxwell Lord, no thank you. So I think I think generally what we're saying about Monel is uh him? Really? <laughs> him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I think generally kind of following up on the I don't entirely know what I'm supposed to be getting from the storyline. I, I think generally they're having some maybe season two growing pains because it, it's just felt like the especially the season long arcs or like the longer arcs, they feel fairly unfocused to me. Mm-hmm. Unfocused and poorly paced, I yeah. feel like. This this whole development with Monel, I feel like, and I think I mentioned this before, had it happened maybe five episodes sooner, I'd be like, okay, maybe. But at this point, no. <laughs> well, and just like disappearing Magan for several episodes and then bringing her back for two and then sending her away again. And, you know, in the beginning of the season, we had this this sense that, oh, it's going to be about Kara developing herself as a professional journalist, 
nope. Uh, that hasn't really been much of a storyline. I'm like, oh. oh. We did get that one excellent scene between Kara and Snapper Car where she's all like, you know, no, I'm going to I'm going to go after these stories, you know, if my heart's in it and and if I know something I'm going to I'm going to keep pursuing it and then he kind of smirks and, you know, that a girl. There was that, but that was like episode 209. Yeah. Well, I liked the one where she was trying to defend Lena Luthor to him. Like that was a pretty good little sequence too. Uh, but Right. Uh, but yeah, there hasn't really been that much of a focus on her being a professional journalist. It's very much that's the minor storyline of the episode. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was that episode early on in the season with the president and sort of the 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 um, the alien amnesty act. Yeah. Thank you. The alien amnesty act. Haven't heard about that again. And, I feel and that like feels- that might come back again now that Wynn has an alien girlfriend. There was a scene in that episode where they go out to dinner and get a lot of strange looks. So I feel like that might be a way back into that storyline. But I- it feels like that could have been a really good meaty storyline for the season, especially given what's going on in in the world and like reflecting the refugee crisis and things like that. Even the fact that they brought Monel on another sort of refugee of a destroyed planet, along with Kara, the lead of the show, being a refugee from a destroyed planet. You know, it feels like that could have been a really strong, meaty storyline to thread throughout the season, but it hasn't really been there. Uh-huh. They switched networks. I, I, again, I feel like season two actually started out pretty strong. I think mm-hmm. you would even say that season two started out maybe even stronger than season one did, but it's fizzled for me quite a bit. Right. I actually am, am very curious to hear from people. We've got some messages when the season started that people were excited with this season. And it seemed like a lot of the issues they had were with the romantic subplots of season one. And I'm like, that is really become prominent in this season. I wonder how they feel about that now. I'm just, I'm genuinely curious. I'm not trying to sound judgy about it. I'm just, I want to know. Right. Is the romantic stuff working better for y'all in this season, even though it was a problem for you in the first season? Let us know. We want to know. So speaking of letting us know, if if anybody was like fast forwarding through us griping about the things that didn't work for us, stop. We're gonna do, we're gonna do. How would they know? They're still fast now. forwarding. <laughs> so let's start with our oldest <laughs> message from Amy, who sent this uh, us this in November. We're really sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think the I think the first couple of these are from November. I am so sorry. I didn't know they were there. We're really I sorry. Why why internet? Did you not? Let me know that we had these messages. Okay, so Amy says, I'm really loving season two of Supergirl so far. The new characters have been great. I was really missing the Kara Alex moments up until episode six, which I feel makes up for the previous episodes of the season. I just hope they don't make us wait so long going forward. Kyler Lee's performance this season has been so strong, and it's one of my favorite parts of season two. I love the introduction of The Guardian. I have to say I was a little bit skeptical of that character, but I can't believe I doubted James's desire to help along with Wynn's awesome suit. Love their teamwork. The Jean and Magan storyline this season has been really interesting. I want to know how White Martian blood will affect Jean both physically and mentally, and we know that now. (laughs) So sorry. I also can't wait to find out more about Lena Luthor. Are her interactions with Kara slash Supergirl good or bad, especially since her mom is the leader of Cadmus? I really miss Cat Grant and can't wait for her to make another appearance, and I'd like to see President Marsden again. I also want to see President Marsden again. I do, too. So speaking of the effect that the White... Martian blood had on John. 
Is is that why he was so worried about putting his hand up to the flame? I, I was kind of not entirely sure why he was so oh. scared. Was I missing some context from season one? It's a Green Martian thing. I don't know okay. if they've really focused on it too much in the show. There might have been a scene, but I can't remember for sure. Green Martians are just like, they're afraid of fire. Oh, okay. Thank you. Because I was, I was a little confused, but I thought maybe it had to do with his lingering worries that maybe he was still turning into a white Martian or something like that. So thank you. That makes more sense now. Yeah, it's it's like a it's a thing. And I really liked that scene where McGon was helping and talking him through it. Come back, McGon! It's a good scene. Also, we didn't mention this earlier. Vasquez was back. Yes! I finally got to see Vasquez. I had no idea who you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> She's a minor character, but happy to see her. This is also an older one that we received from Denise. Denise says, season two of Supergirl is galaxies better than season one. I quit season one after the fourth episode. Tried again with the Red Robot episode because of Luke McFarlane from Killjoys. He was in it. Yes, he was. I quit again and then tried to watch once more to watch Laura Vandevort, only to let it go. When Supergirl moved to the CW, I jumped for joy because I knew CW would just turn it around, and they did. You can see it in the ratings, too. Steady climb second only to Flash on the CW at this time of the writing. As far as the Maggie-Alex budding relationship is concerned, all for it. And while I do approve of Monal slash Kara hooking up, I am rooting for Kara slash Lena. Me too, even though I know it's not going to happen. I know Supergirl won't go there, sadly, but that was my sadly. But that hookup would be tectonic. That's a good word. Plus, I am an enormous <laughs> fan of Katie McGrath. I have to give a short shout out to the casting this season. Spot on, even with the guest stars, Linda Carter, Brenda Strong, Tyler Hoechlin. Losing Calista Flockhart... It's terrible because she was the sole saving grace of season one, but I like how all the other characters have collectively stepped up. By the way, they need a name for that alien bar. I volunteer the name Dalariata. I'm pretty sure that's taken. <laughs> but I, I, It's true, though. I don't think that alien bar has a name, does it? Nope. No, yeah. it's just the alien bar. Mm, they do need a name. And then Lou sent us this message. Listen to your Supergirl podcast today. Gosh, it's good to hear you ladies again. Oh, thanks, Lou. Thanks, Lou. You guys liked the show even before Alex came out. How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> or was it some foreshadowing or hints I missed? Anyway, I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, I think it was Chris who tried to get Stephanie to watch another show. What show was that? I missed its name. Something Universe? Anyway, love your analysis and comments. Keep them coming. The show was Steven Universe which is a cartoon on Cartoon Network, and it's really good, and you should watch it. <laughs> uh, okay, so the thing about the show, it's not like it's not like we seek out the shows that, that have queer ladies in them. And I was thinking about this. I'm like, they come to us, Chris? What are you implying? <laughs> <laughs> that was the joke I was going to make. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but then I was thinking about it, and it's like, okay, but here's why that happens. I don't know about you, but I specifically – Make an effort to watch shows that have multiple interesting developed female characters. Yes. You know, more than like two. Because <laughs> three so whole very women rare. in the cast? Oh my gosh. I know. It's, it's astonishing. And, uh, <laughs> but like, I feel like that's when they're like, hey, we've got more than two. We can, we can diversify a little. <laughs> We can have a blonde, a blue brunette, and... <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Maybe somebody who's not white, if we're getting daring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're terrible. Yes, I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> we're terrible, but I think I think we're right. I'm just saying, it, it feels like there's more likelihood of of having, you know... Again, anybody who's not, like, a straight white lady 
on a show where you've got multiple female characters, right? They do seem to go hand in hand. So that's that's why. And then finally, we got a comment from Kathy. I believe this is this comment was specifically about the Martian Chronicles episode. Enjoyed this episode a lot, mainly for the Danvers sisters' interaction. I was a bit worried that nice admission of Kara's feelings of abandonment might have been wasted on the white Martian posing as Alex, and was super relieved it was Alex and not Monel at the door at the end. Me too. I was actually worried it was going to be Monel too. I don't hate Monel, but I was hoping Kara's lack of interest in him would stick. Really enjoyed the Luther's episode. Katie McGrath is a terrific addition to the cast this year, but I wish she was in more episodes. Was it just me or did a bit of her Irish accent creep in during that final conversation on the couch? Who was caring about the accent? I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I actually chuckled. I chuckled when I read this comment because basically every scene she has, it creeps through at various points throughout the episode. It kind of amuses me. It's like, oh, I'm just distracted by other things. I guess I don't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie's like, she was talking. I didn't notice. <laughs> I knew she was talking. Watch- I just didn't understand the words. <laughs> Stephanie's like, I was too busy watching her lips move. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And watching Car react to her lips moving. <laughs> you notice Car's default reaction to Lita seems to be like nervous, flustered, giggling. Yes. Yes, I have. As one does when one is flirted with. I'm just saying. On the couch scene, though, it felt like Kara was being flirty back. She isn't always clearly flirty back, but that felt like clear flirting back to me. But it might be in my head. (laughs) Stephanie's like, I can't tell anymore. (laughs) I'm in too deep. (laughs) Lena understands. (laughs) Thank you to everybody who sent in that feedback. Again, we're very sorry it took us so long to put it in an episode. We'll try to try to make sure that that doesn't happen in the future. Now that I know it's there, I'm going to keep checking it. Send stuff in. Send us voicemails too, please. We wanted to close out this episode by talking a little bit by a current comic series. It's a mini-series called Supergirl Being Super. And it's kind of interesting to me because it's not following um, established storylines as far as I know. Yeah, it's definitely an origin story. It seems like Kara doesn't know why she has the powers that she does. She knows she has powers. She knows that she was like found by her parents, but she doesn't have memory of being on Krypton and coming to Earth, it seems like. It's it's kind of interesting. It It's almost a little bit more like traditional Superman origin story than Supergirl, but I don't know. I'm curious to see where the next issues will, will take us, but we are enjoying the heck out of it. Yeah, the we got the first issue. It's a it, they're doing it as a kind of since it's a miniseries. Maybe they're double issues, so they're longer. They don't have ads, but they only come out every two months, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, but we got the first issue when it came out, and I think we both read it and liked it. And like, oh, we, let's see where this is going. And then the second issue came out, and it destroyed me. <laughs> <laughs> it made me so teary, <laughs> which is something if Stephanie is saying it, right? I feel like everybody everybody just expects it from me, but. You're you're the true test. I cried at multiple points during that book. I, uh, It's being written by Mariko Tamaki, and she's also writing the current Hulk series about Jennifer Walters. I just oh. picked up issue three of that and really enjoyed it. So I'm going to go back and get the other two as well. And then the art is by Joelle Jones. And, and it's, so, it's pretty. so pretty. 
It's so pretty. And something I, I really appreciate about Joel Jones's art is like it's pretty, but it's also, in my opinion at least, I feel like it's very authentically emotive. Yes. Yes. Everybody looks pretty, but you can also tell exactly sort of what they're feeling or thinking. Yes. And, you know, like especially in the the second issue of being super there's a lot of like very intense emotional reactions. And, and I, I've read other comic books where those just came off as, uh, forgive me, but very comical, you know, just hugely over the top and like, no, that type of thing. That is not what Joelle Jones does. She's very good at making it very emotional, but still very real and true. And it doesn't feel, it feels genuine to me. Mm-hmm. This is not something we talked about really before, and I don't have it on hand. I don't know who the colorist is, but I really like the color. The colors in the book, I feel, are really nice. The colorist is Kelly Fitzpatrick. Thank you. You're welcome. And I am really loving the relationship that we're seeing Kara has with her parents. That, I think, might be my favorite part of it so far. It feels very real. Yeah, like she has a good relationship with her parents, but it's not happy, shiny, glossed over. There's there's stuff there where it feels very – it reminds me of when I was a teenager and the emotions that I had toward my parents where I couldn't really talk to them about things even though I might have wanted to or I had trouble responding to them when they tried to talk to me about serious things. I just didn't know what to do. I, I, I feel like I identify with what Kara is kind of going through with her parents and their relationship and these issues. Mm-hmm. It is. It, like, it's it's a little awkward and a little stilted, but it's not without love and affection. Yeah. And there's, I, I don't want to get too spoilery, and hopefully you'll know what I'm talking about, but there's a, a text message that her mom sends her in the second episode where she's like, Kara, you you know, you've eaten all the cereal. It's okay, but do you want me to get you some more? And like, I just started crying. <laughs> it was like, I loved how, and it was all like these perfect, complete sentences. It was very much like a text message from mom to her daughter. Right. And it just, oh, it got me. <laughs> Aw. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> So if you are, are somebody who enjoys comics, I we I think we both strongly recommend picking up Supergirl being super. It's really good. There's a picture on the internet, I'm sure it's easy to find, of Kyler Lee holding the second issue. Looking cute. As she does, yes. But you actually, is speaking if, since we're talking about comics, you actually have been reading Adventures of Supergirl, which is based on the show. Yes. It's been kind of interesting going back because I've, I've read some other Supergirl issues just sort of like – because I have this, you know, this newfound love for the character. And right. it's been weird for me. <laughs> Just because it's it's so different. And I knew going in, too, that comic Supergirl is a little different than TV Supergirl. They've aged her up. She's about mm -hmm. 10 years older in the TV show than she is in the comics. It's kind of nice and kind of fun for me to read Adventures of Supergirl. Because that's the one I'm more familiar with. Because right. it's, it's the TV version. And... The TV characters are in there with her. So yeah, I, I'm liking it so far. I'm about halfway through the first trade. And that's written by Sterling Gates? Correct. Do you know who the art artist is? I do not. Okay, but Kat Staggs is doing covers, and she's great. True, yes. But Sterling Gates co-wrote, I believe, Mr. and Mrs. Mixes Pitalik, so I don't know how I feel anymore. Mm, mixed <laughs> feelings. Ooh. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did see it. <laughs> if you have thoughts about any of the things that we talked about in this episode or, or about future episodes, 
uh, of Supergirl that have not yet aired, please send them to us. You can do so in a number of ways. You can send us an email at feedback at askgenretv.com. You can record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us. You can call us and leave a voice message at 972-514-7223. You can tweet at us at askgenretv. Finalysis is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. You can find our other podcasts about Lost Girl and Orphan Black, which has a new episode now. Woo-hoo! Thank you for doing that, Chris. You're welcome. <laughs> as well as some other shows over at AskGenreTV.com. Thank you so much for listening. Shoo! And we are up, up, and away. <laughs> Plus, I am an enormous fan of Katie McGrath. The <laughs> I have. Sorry. <laughs> I don't what know. was that?